lawyer by training, writer and teacher by choice. Originally from New York, I am a proud wife and mother living in Los Angeles. Join me as we delve into the Holy Torah's teachings and apply them to our lives. I keep it short and sweet, but always deep. Welcome. Hi, welcome back. It's been a little while as we've been traveling in America and visiting family, but I'm really excited to be back. And I want to speak this week about peace or the lack thereof in our own lives personally and in the world at large and what we can do about it. And I'm inspired to speak about this from this week's Parsha, Parsha's Pinchas. So just to give a little bit of context, there was a deadly plague that had broken out at the time of Parshas Pinchas, which was threatening to consume the entire Jewish people. And prior to COVID reading this, maybe we wouldn't relate to it as much, but now we, we certainly can. And why was there a plague? Because the Jewish people were sinning. They were rebelling against Hashem, and especially in the realm of sexual immorality. And we know, and we've spoken about this, that our actions bring about our own suffering. And for 40 years in the desert, the Jewish people rebelled against God and complained about Moses' leadership. So they were being punished now with a plague. So everything kind of comes to a head now in Parshas Pinchas, where Zimri, the leader of the tribe of Shimon, was publicly sinning and desecrating Hashem's name by taking a Midianite princess named Cosby into his tent to be with her in broad daylight, which was obviously a grave sin. And the way he was doing it so boldly made it even worse. And Pinchas, the grandson of Aaron HaKohen, knew, knew the halacha, he knew the Jewish law in this instance, and it dictated that Zimri and be killed. Now, Pinchas was a very peace-loving person. He descended from Aaron HaKohen, who we know is our forefather of peace. And what did Pinchas do? He took a spear and he killed both Zimri and Cosby as they were together in his tent. He, he stuck the spear into them like a shish kebab. <laughs> he killed both of them in one motion. So after Pinchas killed Zimri and Cosby, the deadly plague halted, and he ushered in an era of peace between the Jewish people and Hashem. Because after this happened, no more disagreements between God and the Jewish people are recorded in the Torah. And Hashem actually awards Pinchas what he calls a covenant of peace. And what's interesting is that the word peace or shalom, as it's written in the Torah, has a broken vav. The letter vav in the word shalom is broken. It's called a vav katia. And the vav has a small open space dividing the top and the bottom of the letter, something that does not occur anywhere else in the Torah. So why is the word peace in this context, the covenant of peace, why is the vav in the word shalom broken? And what can it teach us in our own lives and in the world at large? As most of you probably know, the root word for shalom, peace, also means completeness, wholeness. And there's a great Parsha book called Orchard of Delights by Rabbi Trugman. And he explains that the broken vav here is signaling that the peace in the covenant of peace is broken. It's not whole in certain ways. And one way that this is the case is the fact that Pinchas had to achieve peace between the Jewish people and Hashem through violent means. And this is not ideal. 
Of course, sometimes peace can only be achieved through violent means, but there will come a time when the Mashiach comes where peace will be achieved through the dynamics of peace itself. We know that the Messianic era will be a time when, quote, the lion will lie down with the lamb, when there will be no more need for war, when we could just be at peace with Hashem. The broken vav represents the broken bonds between people and nations that exist in the world from the beginning of history to this very day. And it alludes to our sense that history is incomplete until the Messianic era, which is exactly what we're observing now on the Jewish calendar. We are currently in the three weeks of mourning on the Jewish calendar, and we're mourning the destruction of our temple. And we know that we went into this fourth and last exile because of baseless hatred that the Jews had between each other. And we see in the world today, not only that there's machlokas and fighting between the Jews themselves, but how there's fighting between the Western world, the nations of Asaph, which is the Western world, and the nations of Ishmael, the Arabs, and the Jews. And this is because we're in exile, and we're at a time now, we're, we're in what we call the birth pangs of the coming of the Messiah, kind of toward the ends of history. And if we look at our own lives personally, even though we can experience true inner peace at certain moments in our lives here and there, no one can manage to maintain a life of perfect peace and tranquility. It's impossible in the world now. There's doubt, there's fear, there's uncertainty. And I find this very interesting because growing up, I felt like there was this goal that we should have an easy life, a stress-free life, a problem-free life. And when problems cropped up, they were in the way. But we're not in a period of time where we can expect to experience peace or tranquility. We have challenges personally and collectively to elevate ourselves to the point in history where we can experience true and lasting peace when we have redemption. And Rabbi Trugman says this so beautifully. He says, The broken vav alludes to the fact that peace is so near, yet so far. An ideal reality that we seem to experience fleetingly in the midst of the turbulent and uncertainty of this world. I always think to myself how interesting it is that the time of mourning on the Jewish calendar occurs in the summer months. When life is supposed to be carefree and relaxed, where we just want to rest and be free from the burdens of life. And I always think about how it's a sign that we can never feel fully complete at this point in history. And it's a reminder of that. We're still in exile. We're awaiting our Mashiach. We're awaiting the rebuilding of the third and final temple in Jerusalem. And the Hebrew word for Jerusalem, Yerushalayim, comes from Yerushalom, from where peace will be seen, where Hashem will be seen. And we know that peace can only be achieved through struggle and through hard work. Anything meaningful only comes through hard work. And we know that we can actively bring about this final redemption, the Mashiach. So how do we do this? We know that Mashiach can come through peaceful means if the Jewish people are doing what they're supposed to be doing, if we're getting along, if we're unified, if we love each other, if we have peace between each other. If, unfortunately, the Jewish people are not doing what we're supposed to be doing, then Mashiach will come through violent means. And we've seen violence toward the Jewish people escalating, especially in the past few years and especially the past few months. So what can we do? We can pursue peace with others, especially those closest to us, which sometimes can be the hardest thing to do. And there's a concept in the Torah of being mevater, giving up on something for the sake of peace. Whether it's a child giving up a toy to his friends, whether it's an adult giving up the need 
to feel right or giving up money that he or she thought was rightfully his. It's interesting because I find in my own life and in stories that I read that when people are mevater, when they're willing to give in for the sake of peace, you feel like you're losing out, but you're actually gaining so much more. And it's really a source of bracha. We know that shalom, completeness, when you have shalom, and I've spoken about this, you are a vessel for bracha to come down because you have a complete vessel. And, you know, you could have all the homes in the world and money and even health. But if you don't have peace and you don't have peace in your home, you can't enjoy anything. It's it's really crazy. And this is why Rashi, one of the most famous Torah commentators, said, if there's no peace, you have nothing. So it's so important to pursue peace. And another way we can do this besides being mavatar is seeing the good in others, giving people the benefit of the doubt, choosing to see the good in them. Not speaking Lashon Hara, obviously not speaking gossip. That's a, that's a huge one. It takes a lot of work and learning. There's a very interesting book that I've been reading recently called Hold On by Roy Newberger, where he talks about this period of time that we're in, the end of history and the birth pangs of the coming of the Messiah and what it will entail. And he explains that, quoting the Gemara, that two things will save us in the days when the travails of Mashiach are upon the world. And that is increasing the study of Torah and acts of kindness. It's very interesting. Roy Newberger points out in his book, when the Jewish people came out of Egypt, four-fifths of them did not come out. They were killed and they died and they didn't make it out of Egypt because they were comfortable in that materialistic, idolatrous society. And so they didn't merit to be taken out. And he said a similar thing will occur now with the coming of the Mashiach, where unfortunately it could be that all Jews will not make it out. And he says the ones that are going to survive this period of exile, obviously this is all based on uh, Torah sources, he says the ones that are going to survive this period of exile, the Jews who will survive, will be the ones who study Torah and pursue acts of kindness, people who have fear of God. So obviously these are all really big things. But it's something to to think about in terms of our own lives and how we can be active pursuers of peace and understand why we can never have complete peace and serenity. It's not even a goal to have at this point in history where we are. And this lack that we're feeling, this yearn for, for peace, is really a yearn for redemption, which is exactly what we're doing now on the Jewish calendar. So to sum up, Pinchas received the covenant of peace for killing the sinners Zimri and Cosby. But the covenant is not complete because the peace had to be achieved through violent means and because we're in a state of history preceding the Mashiach where complete peace has not yet been achieved. And we can bring about the Mashiach in an eternal state of world peace by actively pursuing peace with others, increasing Torah learning, and acts of kindness. Thank you so much for listening. If you enjoyed what you heard, please subscribe to the podcast and share. And if you could write a review on Apple Podcasts, I would be so grateful. Take care.